This podcast comes to you from the Pixel Labs Podcast Studio. As the world of marketing evolves, so must brands when faced with new challenges. We help brands grow by identifying opportunities that have real results. Welcome to the Raising Brand Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Raisin Brand Podcast, powered by Pixel Labs. My name is Aaron, and I'm really excited. We have a very special guest in the podcast booth today. Tyler, how are you doing? Not bad. Tyler, awesome to have you. Super excited. Why don't you go ahead and give, uh, just introduce yourself quickly, and we can go ahead and get started. Yes, I am Tyler, as Aaron said. I am a graphic designer here. Um, a lot of my day-to-day content creation for videos, graphics, social media, all that sort of stuff. Kind of just whatever is needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's cool about your job is sometimes folks graphic design, you know, it it is, you know, designing magazines, I think are something that comes to mind a lot for folks, but it is really cool. Um, I know After Effects has been something that you've been playing a lot with more recently and just to you know, graphic design is much more than just like a flat image on a printed page. And I think that that's really cool. And it's cool to see that through your work. Oh, yes. There's a huge variety of different like subcategories. And I think graphic design is a very overarching term that covers a lot of different things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we brought you in today. I brought you in today because you are the subject matter expert. So I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being here. Yep. So the topic for today is why you should invest in professional brand design. So Tyler, being a graphic designer, actually put together a very nice article on our website. I invite you to check it out. It is www.thepixelab.co. At the top right, you'll see a uh, little link that says Raisin Brand. and It'll be right there for you. But Tyler, go ahead and talk about why did you feel like this topic was important, enough to even write about. I think it's important just in like knowledge is helpful for a lot of different things but also just kind of one thing I think is like people tend to not necessarily think oh gosh I think the challenge with it is and I'm just gonna pop in here because Zach's here for quality control welcome (laughs) Zach (laughs) the the thing that people don't always think about is that the the reason you'd want to have a professional design is because it's something that is going to be with your brand long term and they don't think about how long that that might be and how something that they might get for a couple hundred dollars on uh, on a website might not transcend across all the different platforms that they have because they're not thinking about all those different uses or how that business might use it in the future. They're not thinking about all those different things. Uh, and that's why it's important to have a professional do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it just in the sense of longevity, but also on a more technical sense, I think one thing that it kind of just ultimately revolved around is just I've had personal experiences where I've had the other hand of like working with a not super high quality or like not technically correct logos and brand designs where I've been on the front or like the other hand of being able to see and like how frustrating it is for me to do my job. So then kind of making sure that everyone else is being set up that they know how to do it properly and can advocate for what they need. So then they're not going to run into issues in the future. Well, and I think too, sometimes, you know, that 
logo or, or a graphic or anything in advertisement, you have to remember that that could be your company's first impression to somebody. And, and while first impressions aren't the only thing that matter, you want to have a good first impression. And, and especially when, you know, I, I'm sure you've worked with logos that have more colors than you can count that don't go well with anything and the different versions don't make sense. And and you want to make you want to make that impression a strong one. And so I think that has to be very important when designing. Yes. So I have a few questions and really the article does a really good job of summing this all up, but I just kind of want to spend some time with you on them. And so the first one that you that you kind of addressed is is what is brand design? And then kind of specifically within that, what's the difference between brand, you know, kind of what we were talking about with the long-term, you know, overarching word for different companies and their experience? What's the difference between brand and branding? I think that second question is definitely I think you can allude to this a little bit more because I'm definitely I understand a lot more of like the brand <laughs> side of things. I can not, have my, pers- my perspective to that. Too. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Both of you. But I think that one is very important. But the first question. Can you repeat it? I really yeah, no, absolutely. So that. no, that's OK. That's OK. Again, tell me, we're excited to have you back. I appreciate it. You appreciate can tell it. that I have not been on a podcast in a hot while. That's OK. And, you know, that's actually something that I really appreciate about about Pixlabs is just that we get to, you know, try different mediums and ones that I think are, you know, can be outside of maybe what we're more, more comfortable doing. So we do appreciate that, Zach. We do appreciate it. Um, yes. So what is brand design? Ah, uh, yes. The overarching question to this, <laughs> I think brand design has a tendency to be oversimplified in a sense of just saying, oh, your brand design is your logo and that's it. While your logo is a major component of your brand design. It is not the sole component. I think making sure that you have a brand design that's cohesive and works in any way that you would need it to is really important. But kind of thinking about it more, it goes into like your logo is probably the biggest part of it, but also like the typography that you use, the color palette that you use, the any icons or other like assets that you use for things like even going down to like your social media headers and stuff like that. So making sure that you're thinking about all of it together rather than just thinking about your logo. And and you spend, I just know with your work with clients, you spend an, an enormous amount of time, you know, talking to them, understanding, you know, what other, whatever, th- what other things have you seen that you've liked, you know, what are kind of the general, you know, when somebody looks at your colors or your brand, you know, what, what do you want them to take away from it? Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. So I think you answered that really well as just it's it's designing in a way that's all encompassing, you know, understanding that, you know, you want to, of course, if say it's a graphic that shares information, you want to make sure you, you know, correctly do that or, or share your name. But also it supports that you're a, a, you know, a high quality professional organization. And so I think you answered that quite well, just the all encompassing look of that. Yeah, because there's those like smaller details are ones that like you don't necessarily think of but they can have a huge impact on how people see your brand or how your audience interacts with you from like your typography. You can kind of express like a more youthful, like childish sort of feel with certain typography versus something like our Pixel Labs brand is a more modern sans serif that kind of aligns more with our branding and our mission. Whereas if we used like, a more handwritten, like, child sort of, like, playful font, that wouldn't mm-hmm. make as much sense. 
and even like colors. There's a ton of research into like color psychology and how colors perceive like your mood and how you kind of associate different feelings based on certain colors. So kind of there's a lot to take into consideration when you're kind of thinking about all of these different things into your brand design. Mm. Well, in re- in relation to the the color thing, we were just having a conversation about a, a brand the other day, and um, it's someone that wants to be uh, considered uh, relatively trustworthy and and, and um, broad in the sense of who their audience is. And we were going through colors, and one of the colors was thrown out as red, and we're like, red's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Another another uh, color was thrown out as green. It's like, no, green is greed. And and we landed on the idea of blue because blue is the trustworthy color. It is the warmer, it, it, not color temperature-wise, it's not warmer, but it's the more comforting color Yeah. out of all the options that they threw out. It's and, the best color, we went that way. in my opinion. I don't know if you could tell by my outfit today. I have blue shirt, blue <laughs> jeans, blue shoes. I like blue. Blue is not my favorite color, but... And that's okay. What is your favorite color? I feel like we just met and this is like meeting Tyler. <laughs> I think my favorite color is probably like a mauve kind of color. A mauve. What is we, a mauve? Is that pastel? It's kind of like a <laughs> muted, like pinky color. Okay. We just had a conversation about how I gravitate towards more muted colors than well, that's okay. brighter well, that's ones. Totally okay. You know, one thing I did think about as you were talking about the different fonts, um, I just imagine walking like through a mall, you know, one that has all the stores full and stuff. And you can just take a look and like, you know, within the first two seconds, if you couldn't see inside the store and are just looking at the name, you know, even sometimes the name plays into it. But like then the font and the colors, you generally can get a pretty quick sense of this is for me. You know, I should maybe look at this one or. No, that's not for me. You know, that's justice. I don't need to go yeah. in there. <laughs> um, I, would, I would say an example of that is like if you look at the font of PacSun versus mm. the buckle, yeah. you get two very different feels. You know PacSun is like laid back, loose, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whereas buckle is a little bit more fancier, mm-hmm. nicer, higher end, stuff like that. You get that feeling from the font alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was immediately thinking of like, toys are us where like their font is very very youthful and playful and that leans into their branding and what they do whereas if you saw the font on toys are us for something like express that would be very weird and you would kind of be a little bit confused if you saw them and then saw what they do so it kind of helps allude to people that aren't familiar with your brand they can see it and have a little bit of an understanding of what they do mm-hmm. whereas if you do stuff that might not necessarily make the most sense in those pairings you can lead to a little bit of confusion mm-hmm. with people that are consuming your content for the first time stuff like that it makes me think about it. i saw a tiktok um series once where somebody took different brands and made it fancy so like doritos was one of them that they made like this fancy and then they like redesigned the bag and stuff it is it's it's weird you look at it, it's like that's that's wrong mm-hmm. anybody can agree that that's incorrect but awesome so in the article that you shared so again you can check it out on our website you included a graphic in it um you know and it was about what people thought of when they heard the word brand, do you just want to share a little bit or can you just share a little bit about what stuck out to you to that graphic and why you decided to share it in the article? I think from my sense, seeing it, it all 
made sense just in like the knowledge that I have as a designer but I think it was something that was important to include in the article from a sense of people that aren't as well versed with it or have a as much of an understanding because it do kind you of mind, do you mind just sharing quick kind of what yes. the gist of it is for our listeners yes yeah, so it's basically it takes into account um people were asked what um like what they think of when they think of a brand and 75 percent said logo 60 percent said visual style 45 percent said branded colors and then 25 percent said unique voice so it kind of well illustrates the importance of those but also kind of seeing what people tend to immediately think of because yes you can learn that your branding is more than just your logo but also you still need to take into account that most people are still going to think that your logo is the biggest part of your branding and that's kind of what people see most of the time Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that was an interesting piece to include you know really because we we really share a lot of especially with the folks that we get to work with that it's it's you know far beyond that but it starts there you know it's some of these elements um you know and that's where we got into that the brand and branding conversation so brand is kind of that you know you can't really touch it you can't feel it you can't really write it down but you can kind of you know explain what that is whereas your branding are those elements um and it's interesting, you know, that's, again, something that we, we work with clients, you know, if it's almost like somebody should be able to, when they look at your website, they should almost know what it would feel like to call you or like when they call you, it's almost like they're no, they know what you're going to say. Like they can already expect what that spe- experience is going to be like. And that's communicated through a lot of these branding elements, you know, where if you walk in one of those toy stars, you know, it's not going to be, people aren't going to be wearing suits and talking to you, you know, like saying these crazy words like sir and madam or thou or anything like that, you know, it's going to be youthful, energetic and fun. And so that's why all these things need to agree. And so I thought that that was a really good, a really good uh, graphic to include. And so as we kind of get towards the end of this, um, and we've really already touched on this a couple of times, but there's just a few more things I'd like to hear you talk about. Um, and I think I want to start with ease of use. This was something you talked about in the article a little bit, but can you kind of sum up what you mean by that? Yes. This is kind of going back to my example of like seeing stuff firsthand that I've had frustrations with of just like having a quality logo and branding like overall is really, really important just in the sense of if you are trying to work on like stuff in the future, making sure that you have all the correct formats, like your logo, and this is kind of like a no-go, like you're 100% of the time, you should have a vector version of your logo. If you take one thing from this podcast, it is that your logo needs to be vector in one way or another. Tyler will be happy to help you too, because that one I didn't know for a long time. <laughs> Just PNGs. How many logos did you make in Canva? I didn't make any logos in Canva, but I, I tell you, I don't know that I ever sent a vectored version because I was doing PNGs, but it was the wrong way. Did it, it have? Did they the have transparent way. backgrounds at least? They did. I. All right. I'll That's tell you what. A the, bit helps. I never. My best. My favorite situations when you ask a client for their logo file and they ask you to go to their website and pull it from their header. Well, that's where the best quality one is. Right, yeah. Right. Or that's they, or that's they not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what we're trying to avoid with mm-hmm. this podcast is to get more people to understand that that is not the way to do it. Well, and tell why. Why vectored over other ones? Because there's a, a legitimate reason. Yeah, so basically the way 
Vector works, and there's a couple different programs that work in Vector. The one I'm most familiar with is Illustrator. So basically, in a normal raster image, everything is going to be made up of pixels. I think that's most common as to what people are used to interacting with. So this is kind of similar, like, you know, if you zoom in really, really close to an image, you can see all of the little pixels that make everything up. Versus a raster image, everything is more... Yeah. Are those synonymous? No, no, they are not. They are the opposites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those are, uh, okay. So, so raster is where there's like the pixels and everything. Gotcha. gotcha. Vector is path-based. So if you have a circle in a vector, you can zoom into the edge of that circle as much as you want, and it will never have those little pixels. So you could take a logo that you send in a file, and it could work on a piece of paper as like... Um, just like a little logo in the corner, or you could expand it up to like the side of a building yep. and it would look great both ways. Yes. Got it. That kind of goes into like the importance of having that vector version is you can scale it as much or as little as you want and you will never lose the quality of it. So kind of, again, like billboard or side of a building example, if you were to take a logo raster that fits on like a piece of paper and then blow that up to the size of a billboard, it's going to look pixelated and it's gonna look weird it would like follow the bricks on the side of the building <laughs> right yes <laughs> so it'll be standing in minecraft <laughs> yeah. yes so that okay kind of... so i want to i want to elaborate a little bit on the ease of use thing too because not only do you want a file that's easy to use on a lot of different things you want a design that's easy to use if you think back to our previously less efficient less nice logo that we used to have um even back probably a couple of generations before we actually outlined it on the blades. It was very hard to use that on so many different things because it was two different colors stacked on top of each other with no outline around them. And we had no way of using that as a single color item. And that created a lot of issues for us as we wanted to put it on different objects and different print materials and stuff like that. So thinking through the uses of how you'd, how you would use that logo later on makes it a lot easier to apply it and apply your brand to different applications. Yes, that's another huge takeaway is that with your logo, you should have some kind of a solid single color version. So most of the time it's solid black and then a solid white version. And then you would have your more normal per se, full color logo. Because that, again, kind of goes into like, there's going to be instances where you're going to want to put your logo on something and you can only have one color of it. So like apparel or printing in black and white, stuff like that. So it's very, very important that you have a version of your logo that is one color, because then kind of going back to like the ease of use, you aren't having to pay for like extra ink colors if you're trying to put it on a shirt or extra light color printing when if you had one color, you could print it in black and white, stuff like that. And I think too, the more control you have over how your logo is going to be used, I think is better, you know, you do your best to avoid it, but there's going to be times where somebody pulls it and it's, you know, pulled incorrectly or, or you know, like the aspect ratio is messed up. Um, and I don't think anybody ever means to do it maliciously, but as, as much as you can to have that all prepared, I think that's helpful. Talk and, and so as we close, I just would like you to talk a little bit about, you know, when you work with clients, you give them a brand guide and what's all included in that brand guide. Yes. So kind of looking at ours, it kind of goes a lot into like, rules per se of how to use stuff. I think it's really helpful just in a sense of 
I have more knowledge about what I'm doing than someone that is trying to run their business or whatever part of their business that they're doing, their specialty is more than likely not going to be graphic design and that's totally okay. So my goal with the brand or like style guide is to kind of give them that outline of how stuff is used, how to make sure that you're keeping everything in that brand guide. You're putting in the time and effort and money into getting this quality brand design. You want to make sure that you're setting them up for success in how they're going to be able to use it. So like on ours, we have our logo laid out in, and and ours is a little bit different that we don't have a color version of our logo. Sure you do. It's black. Well, it's not black. It's not it, black. It is. It's not black and then white, but we don't have a full color or like multicolor version of our logo. So we have our logo and the different ways that you can use it and then the colors that are allowed to use it. So kind of making sure that you want to give this, um, no, you want to use it as a way to, um, define the different uses of it. Yes. So all I was going to add, and I think that's where you're going, but you can also share it with others too. And then you don't have to explain it every time. Like, this is cool. This is not cool. And yeah, yeah that's where I'm just trying to go with it. Yeah. When we send these out, like it's, you get the logo files, you get all the assets, you get everything and you get this guide. The idea is that these clients can then have this folder of all the assets. And when they sign up for a sponsorship and someone needs their logo, they can just send the whole kit and just say, here's what it is. Here's how to use it. Use it properly. Yeah. Please. I had uh, one of our Please. clients. <laughs> One of our clients earlier today, they're getting shirts printed and I sent over his brand kit for him so that the shirt company had everything that they needed and in the format that they would need it. it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, so obviously like any kind of information on there that's relevant to your brand. So like if you don't have icons in your branding, you're not going to need a part about icons. So I think the main ones are usually your logo, typography, and then color palette. So then that kind of just avoids like incorrect usage of making sure that everything is labeled and clearly outlined as to like, here's the spe- here are the specifics. This is how you use them. Because mm-hmm. again, going back to that point, I think of just, you don't know where that first touch point's going to be. So you want to have as much control over those as possible. Yes. You want your branding to look consistent. And if you can avoid other people potentially having modifying it yeah Mm -hmm. and again i don't think it's ever they do it on purpose but it does they they do it it to fit the need in the applications they have not thinking that they're doing anything wrong right right i want to add a a quick little side tip that i don't think was touched on at all but i think it's important with branding and logos and that is i mean it's always important to have a unique logo something that defines you is separate the challenge with that is that there are so many logos in the world that it's sometimes hard to keep it completely unique. One way that one thing that you should do before you f- put any final approval on a logo is throw your logo in Google reverse image search and see if anything comes up that it remotely looks like. And in some cases I've seen, uh, I, I'll say budget friendly designers, uh, use templates from other places and just change colors, Google reverse image search will actually find those and you can see if your logo is truly unique or if it's just a duplicate of another one that's out there. Yes. That's a great that's a great tip. It's a great tip. 
thank you for letting me add it yeah hey anytime anytime well tyler thank you so so much you put together an awesome article again i would encourage everyone to check that out on our website um but just thank you for your time today and sharing your expertise it's it's very valuable i i have learned a lot just working with you so i can even imagine that folks listening to this got a lot of value so i appreciate the time i would hope so thank you for bearing with me as i <laughs> we'll get slightly stumbled often. through this yeah no oh my goodness you did yeah. not but all right well thank you for joining in and tuning in with us on the raisin brand podcast powered by pixel labs i hope you have a great rest of your day take care thank you for listening to this episode of the raising brand podcast powered by pixel labs remember to subscribe to stay up to date on all things raising brand